This one look like that one. That one match this one. Fuck it. <laughs> money, money, money. It's your Khalifa, man. And I got money, hoes. Money and hoes. I got money, hoes. Money and hoes. <laughs> Sick. Money and hoes, uh. Yeah. Big money talking to you. Motherfucker, that's cause big money brought it to you. I be stunting while them little niggas saying nothing. <laughs> uh. High ceilings, high hoes, high prices for my clothes, and I don't even pay for it. Barely know who made this shit. Meet a bitch, take a bitch, straight back to that big crib. Let you roll some rapper weed, put you on some new shit. Hit this weed, I show you how I do this. My excuses, I'm in Cali, so my smoke's highly exclusive. And my bitch bad. My money's through the roof, your money's short, you looking mad. You Danny Bonaducci, bitch, I'm jumping in my coupe. I'm rolling something that tastes like fruit. And I hear them niggas talking shit, but there's nothing much that they can do when I got a bitch in your city. You should try when you see her. Never tripping on no hoes, nigga, what you thought we getting money over here? I'm ballin' hard, uh. my niggas in the same game. Uh. I do it big, my niggas do the same thing. Yeah. I'm throwing signs, it's looking like I gang bang. Uh. I'm on the team, it's looking like I gang bang. I'm rolling up, my niggas roll the same thing. I'm smoking weed, my bitch, she smoke the same thing. Yeah. I'm throwing signs, it's looking like I gang bang. I'm on the team, it's looking like I gang bang. down to a motherfucking G ho. I work hard, I drink slow, but I never keep drinks slow, smoky, smoky, cause I'm a cheapo, sippin' on peen, no grizzly ho, greedy ho, got everything like I caught me a genie ho, yeah, my car look like a building, diamonds dancing on top of my wrist, bitch, I'm 10 feet tall, when I'm standing on top of my dick, you a sucker ho, sucker ho, I'm success, I feel like a million dollars, bitch, I'm up next, money in my hand, I don't need no handout, and they all got their hands up, cause they fuck with me hands down. Down, down, down. And the car I push got more tent than a campground. Ground, ground, ground. And my picture is always on your bitch background. Like Pada, it's just me and Saha. Young enough to be your son, but she called me Big Papa. She gave me her old Nana. Then I disappear like Tada. Smoking on that Tada. Now who the fuck gon' stop us? I'm ballin' hard, my niggas in the same game. I do it big, my niggas do the same thing. I'm throwing signs, it's looking like I gang bang. I'm on the team, it's looking like I gang bang. I'm rolling up, my niggas roll the same thing. I'm smoking weed, my bitch, she smoke the same thing. I'm throwing signs, it's looking like I gang bang. I'm on the team, it's looking like I gang bang. Yeah, that's right, nigga. Probably got your bitch in a trance. I do it. <laughs> Niggas got me laughing, man. That shit funny, man. Damn, that shit funny. Damn, my nigga Wiz got this shit, ho. What?
Well, I appreciate you, brother, doing this. Um, I guess we'll start this way. What do I call you? Is it Dom? Do you have a different nickname? Is there, you know, I, I want to be, I want to be respectful of, you know, because you know my, my kind of alias that I try to, I try to play with here. So what are, what are we calling you today? Uh, Dom is fine, man. Dom, Dom is fine. Dom Jackson, whatever, whatever works best for you. But I think Dom, Dom works the best. You know, my full name is Dominique. I'm like, that's nine letters and a lot of syllables. So going by Dom always was easier for me in life, you know? Facts, facts. Uh, have you ever gone by Dom Jackson, kind of like Dom Kennedy? Uh, I think that Dom Jackson's like my stage name. I mean, if I had to yes, pick it, you know what I mean? I feel like it, it kind of rolls off the tongue the same way as Dom Kennedy does. Um, yep. So I think I, that's what that's what like I'm. You know what? We can just go we'll do, officially today. I'm just gonna go by Dom Jackson if I can make an appearance. That's that's how I'm gonna do it. So this is this is this is it. We're gonna do Dom Jackson. We just made a moment right here. That's it. Are you familiar with Dom Kennedy? Actually, do you, are you familiar with like his music and like his come up? I know I know who he is. Uh, I heard him on a couple songs. He um, now that I live on the West Coast, like I get a lot more feel for him, but. I'm still like a East Coast for most of my life. So like I knew who he was, but he never was never he he never like he never got to me. He never got to me, got to me, you know what I mean? So like I've I've experienced some songs with him. Like he has a song called I Love Dom, and I was like, bro, you know, I had to that had to be my anthem when I heard that existed. But um Facts. I'm not as versed as as I should be though. Facts. Uh so when you say East Coast, you said Jersey, right? Yeah, yeah. I was born in uh I was born in New York City. But I moved to Jersey when I was thirteen, so like I'm more I got more Jersey in me than, than New York as far as like actual memories, you know. What borough were you in in New York? I was in the Bronx. I grew up in Parkchester. Got it. Is that like is that like a good part? Like I don't I have no idea because I know uh-uh. like when I hear Brooklyn, everyone assumes it's like the streets and the trap, but I know it's not like that everywhere, obviously. So like how how is that growing up there? Uh, I was in like a, I wasn't like a bad, bad area, but it was, uh, I was a couple like, I wasn't that far from Yankee Stadium. I was probably like okay, 10, 15-ish, trying to think about it because I was a kid most of the time when I was over there, but, um, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like a bad, bad area, you know what I mean? But it also, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't Beverly Hills either though, you know? <laughs> And so you left at 13 and then you went to what part of Jersey? I left, uh, I left and went to uh, South Jersey. So I was about 20 minutes from Philly. So I spent a lot of time in Philly too. But uh, so what was in South Jersey in, in Cherry Hill, Cherry Hill, New Jersey to be exact. Which I'm is, like, which that. is, which is more like a Beverly Hills kind of area. So it was, it was an interesting transition as a kid going from like a city to going like sub, to suburb as fuck. You know what I mean? Can I, I curse on you? I... Oh, can I hear the siren? I, I mean, can I can I curse on you? I, I don't know how how much me t- talking yeah, wise. Can, yeah, you can, you can curse. You can say fuck anything you need to say. I don't give a shit. Um, but um, all right. So Cherry Hill. I'm actually familiar with Cherry Hill as far as like the aesthetic. It's a be- it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful. Town. It is. It is, man. Um, what? What allowed you to have the opportunity to go there? Was it, was it, you know, I don't know, I don't want to get too personal, but was it mom, dad, mom, just mom, your dad, grandma, grandpa? Oh, yeah, like, man. I, what do they do? I was, uh, 
I was lucky, you know, so I still have both my parents. And they were still together. So and they're still together now, thank goodness. You know, shout out to That's them. Rare, right? Yeah, it, it is rare, especially in our community, man, which is one of those things where I'm like, I'm really, it really was a blessing. Because as a kid, it's like, ah, I don't want to listen to y'all, you know, blah, blah, blah. But as I got older, I was like, damn, I really got, you know, two parents. I know them, love me, care about me. You know, it really, really is a blessing, man. So I really try to put out as much goodness as I can, because that's just one blessing that I had that I just know that a lot of people don't get. But um, I, uh, as far as moving over there, that's definitely a big switch up. Um, my dad worked like a corporate job. And uh, in the city, and um, I think he was trying to do some more. I was the the the, the main, main reason that we moved was because I was like in the city. I was about to, I was starting getting into trouble. So like the area I was in wasn't that bad, but like I was a I was a good kid. You know, what I, mean? I had nothing. I was like a nerdy kind of kid, and uh, yeah. but you know, being in that being in the area that's like around areas that are a little more. You know, when you when you're not in it, but you around it. You know, this things kind of, you start change a little bit. So, like as I started become more of a teenager, I started doing a little more rebellious things, fighting more in school. You know, getting more in trouble, and then like they kind of saw how I was making that change. So, you know, they went and did the the Uncle Phil, you know, uh, the it's Will Smith <laughs> principal that get you out of it. And they didn't send me to L.A., but you know, it, we moved, ended up a whole so my whole family, my whole family ended up moving to. Uh, to South Jersey because my dad was trying to do some stuff out in Philly and uh, we ended up moving out there. So that was like a big culture shock going from like, you know, being around all black people, Puerto Rican people, you know, just a whole bunch of different colors all around in New York City to being around mostly like white people in, in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. So that was a big, big switch up, man. But, you know, it was changed a lot for who I was, showed me a lot of uh, perspective on how the world can be and how different things can be as a as an adult, but did I answer your question though? So my whole family ended up moving, but I was lucky enough to be able to do that based on how I was. Going back to, uh, going, going back to that time, right? So quick sidebar, I, I, I deal with significant, bro, significant ADD. So, mm -hmm. so I will, uh, I will do these random sidebars, uh, very often. So please don't mind me, but I love, uh, love it. Quick little sidebar. Um, I did streams like yeah, I did streams like three days ago, right? Nice. Um have you ever actually have you ever done streams before? I did shrooms for the first time. Have you ever done that before? In, in twenty twenty. I did them for the first time in twenty twenty. But I don't know that took enough though. I don't know okay, well, enough. How many grams did you take? Uh I wish I knew it was they they had it and then we like put it on like a pizza or something and then like I ate them and it and then we smoked too smoked a little weed too so it was like it was it was I felt like I just felt high so I don't think I maybe I did feel something but the weed kind of took over or it wasn't enough so I don't even know how many grams to give it like I don't I don't have enough to even know what to even I was like all right I'll just do it because I was like I'm here whatever um so I don't have I don't even have the right like language to give you back right now because it was one of those things I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna try it, I'm gonna do it. Well, um for the future, I'll give you a little bit about my story and, and what you should do. Or not I don't want to use the word should, but could do. Um I did five grams almost, which is okay. A lot, kind of. That sounds but, like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you kind of want it to be a lot from what I'm going to tell you. So I personally think shrooms is. See, how old are you again, actually? I'm 28. 28, right? So, all right. So I'm 31. 
Uh, I just turned 31 actually on Sunday. Um, oh shit. Well, happy bladed, bro. Yeah. I appreciate it, bro. Um, so kind of like at my old age, quote unquote at 31. Cause like I told you offline, like I've been, I've been grinding since 19 doing different shit. So like, I honestly, I feel old as shit, bro. Like if I'm being honest with you, um, I feel like I'm 48, but you know, at this quote unquote old age of 31, I kind of didn't want to do shrooms from like the just chill, laid back, like, um, like hippie, just like get fucked up mentality. Like it wasn't a fun action for me. It was more of like an introspective learn about myself, reflect on the last 30 years of life type shit. Right. Mm. Um, and so that's number one, why I did so much, why I did four to five grams. Um, the second thing is when I did those grams, I, uh, I did it with like a small group. How many people did you do it with? I did it with three people. Oh, okay. So same. I did it with three other people as well. And I, and I handpicked them out really like strategically. So I think the first thing is, and I apologize <laughs> if you guys hear the sirens, there were sirens on his part and on my part. Now I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but it's a synchronicity good. right there. Exactly. But, um, Essentially, you know, for me, number one tip I can give you is strategically really think about who you want to bring on to, to take that ride with you. Because when you do four to five grand, brother, you are going to be some shit that I'm going to tell you in a second. You're going to oh, be in I'm hyped to hear right now. Huh. Um, so be really strategic, right? You want to be around people that have the ability to hold a conversation, the ability to um, be kind and have empathy, right? Mm. The ability to uh, not hold too much judgment. And um, those, so those are some variables. Do the four to five grams next time if you want to do it, because that's like a really cool thing to do. Um, and then connecting it, right? I got EDD. So connecting it all the way back to the change of perspective when you went to your new city when you were younger. What you go through with streams personally for me is every time you complete the mission, right, of completing the streams, you always take something away from what I call the real world. Shrooms, in my mind, is the real world. This is the fake world. And I'll explain mm. why. Everything that we're going through right now is driven by perspective and driven by um, a narrative and a story and ego and hate and deceit and and passion and, and um, um, storytelling, right? Like, think about it. Everything, right, from from the phone calls you make to the, the decisions you choose from the food that you eat to the movies you enjoy to the music that you listen to, to the girls or the guys that you in, indulge with personally, like to, to the fights that you get in to the things that you're jealous about or you're angry around. Everything is driven by a narrative and a story, brother. And like when you do shrooms, things just are like, it just is. It's not, is that, does that make sense? before I go on, like, does that, do you understand what I mean by that? Yes, yes. So all the all the stories in your head that you tell yourself or you see things as they kind of just go away. It's exactly, just you just right? see things how they are. Exactly. So that's why they say people that like do shrooms for like therapeutic reasons with like their girlfriend or their boyfriend or their, or their husband or their wife or their kids. That's like some real shit, bro. Because you now look at your wife and all the problems you may have been going through and it just is, bro. Like you look at her in her rawest form like Anything that she said to you in the past that may have fucked your ego up or made you mad at her, made you disappointed, you no longer look at it from a disappointed or angry perspective. It just is. It just is a statement. It just is an action. You see what I'm saying? Um, 
And so going back to, again, what you were saying about you were aware to new perspectives, every time you leave the stream mission, you always walk away with a new set of frameworks and a new set of perspectives that you can bring back into what I call, which is now the fake world. So for me, what I brought back is um, ego is heavy, narrative is heavy, um, and people are driven by ego and perspective too much. And if we can just remove all of that from the moments that we face in life, we'll have the ability to love more and to be honest more and be patient more with those that we care about and our careers and all that shit. So I don't know if you have thoughts on that whole like fucking Kid Cudi shroom fucking story I just gave, but um, and I don't even know if that made you want to do it more or less, but I don't know if you have thoughts, but like that's my suggestion on like if you should do streams again, how you should do it and what you should take away from it. No, that sounds dope, man. I think uh, I'm all about the the the, uh, the real perspective of everything. Um, what did you? So, what else did you take away? Like, when, when you, who'd you take yours with when you took it? I took it with um, a guy that's going to be uh, a guy that's going to be in my life again for a long period of time. He was a close friend of mine from like 13 to like 25, and then we lost connection for a while. Um, and then I did it with his his uh, his wife. And then I did it with uh, another girl as well. How did you feel? How was the uh, the transition from uh, like, from I don't the, even know, like what the is it? Was it more visual thing? Like, I know you felt different. Did you see things visually as well that changed? Yeah. Was it like, so the first thing that happened is I'll tell you the stages. So the first thing that happens is your leg starts to move uncontrollably. Um, and usually there's certain parts of your body. So for the one girl, um, her arm just started like just kind of just shaking. Nothing too crazy, but just kind of like she couldn't stop moving it. My leg kind of started like as if I was like um, like tapping my foot. It just started tapping uncontrollably. So that's the first thing you kind of notice. Like, hold on, what the fuck's happening here? The next part, and bro, like not to get too explicit, you start to feel incredibly horny. Every mm -hmm. part of your body is just radiating. You just you want to fuck something immediately. Um, every inch of your body just wants whatever you're attracted to, right? I know we got to be politically correct in this world. So if it's a guy, if it's a girl, if it's a non-binary, whatever the hell you like, you're mm -hmm. going to want that. You're going to think about that. Um, then the next transition from there is someone typically, so those are feelings, right? So we talked about the leg, the arm, the internal like horniness. Then someone's going to say, I think it's happening. Usually there's one person that admits that it's starting. Right. Because we're all feeling that shit, but nobody really wants to say it because they don't want to be. It's that ego shit. They're still kind of in the fake world. Right. They're like, no one wants to be the first one to say, I think I'm tripping. Right. Um, typically, someone says it. And then and then the literally, bro, like 15 minutes after that. And I'm looking at a um, I'm looking at a, at a Marilyn Monroe picture that I have in my office. If I was on streams right now and I did this when I was with them, you can start to literally see her hair move. Oh shit. Like literally start to move. There was a, there was an old painting from like the 1940s um, of like this, this Indian, right? I don't know why his wife had it, but you could literally see like the red marks underneath of his eyes, like the red paint get washed off and then come back and just go back and forth. Um, you can literally see when you're watching a we were watching music videos of like Alicia Keys randomly. I don't even know how the fuck that got on the TV actually, 
Um, and sidebar again, Alicia Keys is a bad bitch. Like that's just that's just objective. Um, oh, that's a fact of life, right there, bro. Like I didn't I didn't recognize. Respectfully, respectfully, she's married, right? Respectfully, re- yeah. I don't, respectfully. I don't need Swiss beats coming at me anytime soon. <laughs> I didn't realize how thick she was, but we'll get off that. But um, but we were looking at that, and then when she was singing, though, her words were not matching up with her like her that the sound was not matching up with the, like the speed of her mouth. Oh shit! So everything was lagging. Um, so that's all happening. Everything I just said happens in the first twenty minutes, and then from there. Um, you go through a series of deep reflection of the most fucked up shit that you can think about. So, oh, shit. Um, I mean, so for me, I'll be vulnerable with you, bro. For me, um, like I it just happened before we got off the call. My mom just called me just now for like $300 and, um, she needs it for X, Y, and Z reasons. We don't need to get too deep into that, but um, my mom fucked up and she's been fucked up for a while. Like financially, we come from West Baltimore, like hood shit and she needs it and she needs help. And, um, and that hurts me obviously. And so I thought about that. I thought about how she could have made different decisions. I thought about how she could have supported me better growing up, you know? So you, you go through whatever is like some of your darkest things that you don't typically focus on or pay attention to. You go through that cycle. You go through that, that mental torture. But here's the thing, bro, bro. You go through it from a lens of healing. So you push through it. Because right in the fake world, which is where we are now, I would have thought about my mom and then I would have forgotten about it. I would have said, nah, nah, I don't want to do that right now, right? Like, let me let me go watch some TV. Let me go listen to a song. Let me go get some work done, right? I'll ignore it. No, nah, mom, I can't talk right now. I don't want to talk about that. I, uh, you know, like you avoid it. But in that world, I just kept facing it and facing it and facing it. And then I, I broke through. Right. You're, you're crying. You're upset. But I fucking broke through. And then eventually when you break through, that's when it's a downhill to all the good shit, bro. Deep belly laughs, um, deep introspective conversations about life from like a positive narrative. And like you guys, you, you'll start coming up with like theories of how you can like save world hunger and like crazy shit. Um, you'll get horny again. You know, so if you got a girl or again, whoever you're into, like it's a good idea to have someone around. <laughs> when when it hits too, um, like my homeboy and his wife, you know, they went off and did their own thing on some like sexual type shit, and I was okay with that, and that's what they needed at the time. So I don't know. Long story short, that's what that's what you go through. All those things that I just said, you go through within like a six hour period of time. Damn, that shit sounds powerful as fuck. Is that holy a shit? I I I think so, man. I think uh, I definitely didn't take enough things. I right, bro, I was I ain't nothing close to that. Like yeah, yeah. That is there is there like is there like shroom types? Like is it like you know, it's indica and sativa? Is it like shroom blue and shroom red? Like I don't even know. I'm not sure about <laughs> that. I, I know there are more potencies than others, and then I also know <clears throat> that bro, <laughs> his wife. Shredded that bitch in a in a bullet. You know what a bullet is? Yeah, like a ninja bullet. Like the the. the yeah, oh she, shit! She broke it down into a ninja bullet to the point where it was like dirt, like dust. And imagine, because imagine how you did it. That's how I usually do it. I usually put it in a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or pizza, where you're literally eating like the the mushroom. Yeah, so it's, it's time to break down in your stomach and get into your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Bro, she ground like she grinded that shit up and put it in like some perfectly smooth vegan smoothie, and oh. 
So we drank it in like seven minutes. So dude, it hit our system like no other immediately. Um, so I also recommend doing something like that to grind that bitch oh, yeah, down get, into like dirt. You give me the gems right now. Okay. Now, now I know next time. Now I know what approach to go with it next time. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Let's hey, bro. Like on some real shit, man. I know it's like, let's keep building the, you know, let's keep building a relationship and shit. I, if you feel comfortable like a year from now, I'll fucking, I'll fucking fly out and fucking, I'll do it with you, man. Like it's, cause that's another thing too, that I thought about, like, it's dope to do it with strangers actually. Cause like, really? Yeah. Because obviously not complete, complete strangers, but like, you know, like if you're, you know, if you're building a relationship with someone online or, or even in person, like, like a, like a, like a somewhat of a colleague, right. You've really never hung out with them outside of work. Mm-hmm. You learn so much about them because you have so many introspective and new questions to ask versus doing it with someone you already know. You're like, all right, nigga, like, what else? What else am I going to learn from you today? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or like I said, on some therapy type shit, you should you should do it with your girl or your wife or your best friend that you know you've been having issues with. Or like I probably should do it with my mom. Like I think a lot of the shit that fucks me up. I think I probably would heal a lot from doing it with my mom. Wow. This is yeah. there's a lot of a lot of power, man. You teach me like I'm just like taking this all in right now. That's yeah. dope though. Yeah, yeah. I'll be down to do it. I'll be down to do it, bro. Like as we kind of continue our back and forth for like getting to know each other and shit. That sounds dope, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. you and never know, like No, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean cut you off, bro. No, no, go ahead. No, so you never know who the next like who your next homie is, you know? Mm-hmm. That's how life works, bro. And that's what I'm all about. Um, all right, so let's do this, bro. So J- New York to Jersey. Um, let's speed it all the way up until 23, 24. Um, different, different type of question here I got for you. On the streams type shit, on the perspective type shit, what was your assessment of life at that point? Like when you... Go back four or five years in your head. Like, if someone were if someone were to say to you, you know, um, hey, Dom Jackson, that's that's your flow, bro. You need to just go with Dom Jackson forever. Yeah, it, it. You say it again. I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely just going with Dom. Like, you just thank you for that, bro. Because like, it's my name, and like, it's my name. But like, now it's just like how I'm introducing myself. Like, I am just Dom. 2022. I'm only Dom Jackson. Yo, that's just all. <laughs> um, but um. But no, going back to the stream shit and everything, like just off of the perspectives narratives, go back four or five years ago. If someone were to say, hey, bro, write a, you know, write your autobiography, write a write a manuscript on on life as you know it up until this point. Like, what's the first what's the first paragraph? What's the what's the first chapter? What's your summary at that point? Like, what, what was what were some of the like perspectives and takeaways a few years ago for you? Um, That's just a good question. I also have a good story about me taking a acid for the first time that I definitely want yeah, to put on YouTube. Yeah, that after, after yeah I'll do that afterwards. But uh, let's see, about 23. And like, what, what, what's like the paragraph? Like, what's like the book? What, 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 where, where am I? Where, where's like my, my mental space right then? Yep. Yeah. Where's your mental space? Where, you know, if somewhere to say, Dom Jackson, give me give me the number one tip in life that you know so far. You know, what are you saying to them? 
Uh, I think my my biggest tip right there would probably be, you know, be confident. Be confident when you talk to people and uh, be comfortable talking to people. Because at that time I was um, I was transitioning to personal training into uh, it was my first time personal training in like a commercial kind of gym. Yeah. And, uh, you know, between being in a new space, because I was, I was training before that in like a studio kind of place. So like everyone that came in, I already knew. And like it was like the same people's clients. And I was kind of a mentee at that point. So it was like a whole different like dynamic. But then me going to this new spot, like it was like I was the trainer for myself, everything. I was in the gym, but everything I was doing was my own book of business. So it was like I had to do learn how to navigate everything on my own. So like being social and you know, meeting people, new colleagues, gym members, trying to get new clients, trying to learn. Like there was a lot of like new things, but all these new things involved people. So, you know, like I said, um, be comfortable talking to new people and be confident talking to new people. I think it's definitely a big, a big place because you never know when your next, like, like I said, you know, who your next homie is. Like during that time, one of my, my best homies still right now, like we ended up working together there and like we knew each other for a little bit, but we was kind of like, cool but then we ended up becoming like good homies for, for life from working there um some of the clients that i still talk to to this day that i may not train the same amount but like or even across the country i still fuck with them now so like there's a lot of people that i met during that time period that i still interact with them and are in my life now you know five six years later and um you know, having that same approach of like just talking to people, hey, blah, 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 my name's Dom Jackson, nice to meet you, blah, 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 what's, you, what's yeah. your story, what you're about, you know, kind of just being a part of people's, meeting people and understanding that a relationship with them could be way more than what you think it is. This is just a conversation in the gym, but all of a sudden, you know, we still talking this many times a year later, or all of a sudden I trained you one time here, but now I'm training you virtually across the country, or I'm doing, so, you know, when you're that, that first initial interaction with somebody, it's a big thing. And it's a way bigger, like, it's, don't, don't, don't disrespect that value of that first interaction because you could be doing, it could be a way bigger thing than what you think it is. So as long as you come with confidence and then come correct, like, you know, every interaction has a lot of potential. That was very well said. Um, so that's what you took away from life around 23 or so. Yeah. What up? Yeah. And it still applies now. God damn. Yeah, yeah. What 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 type of so I played I played ball. I had a full ride scholarship for football and I actually did some personal training until I was like twenty two, twenty three. So um what what's your what's your style? Like what do you when you work with clients? I know it ebbs and flows based off the client's needs, but like what what's your usual go to? Um at at the time I was coming off of uh I was coming off myself. Of some, I played football in high school, okay, and uh, that's where like, I really kind of got into into my health and like started lifting through the Olympic lifts and compound lifts, you know, really and really kind of taking care of my health. Yeah, and then the confidence from that kind of spill over into had me wanting to do more stuff fitness wise. Then I got yeah. into calisthenics, and you know, doing like muscle ups, front levers, you know, handstands, all that stuff, which was fantastic. So I, I went when I ended up going back into the gym, I was in like that. I was in a phase where like I was still very calisthenic base, but most people I couldn't train most people how to do, you know, handstand. That most people most people that came to see me didn't give a fuck about a handstand. They wouldn't they wouldn't try to do none of the shit I was doing. So 
um, definitely introduced a good amount of body weight stuff because most of the clients that I was getting were people that were like new to fitness. So I was like, because my personality is how it is, a lot of people found me. I was, you know, I wasn't that intimidating and I'm personable. So even if you hated fitness, if you like Dom, I was a good trainer for you because like it was an easier barrier to entry because like you got to talk to me and I would help educate you a little bit. So uh, definitely like a lot of a lot of body weight stuff in the beginning, you know, just working on squats, push-ups, um, a lot of TRX stuff. But as a whole, my style is a little bit of hit, but still everything I do is still mostly functional fitness though as a whole. So, you know, we would do some barbell stuff if, if there was that type of client, but mostly functional fitness. So it would be a good mix of calisthenics and maybe like a goblet squat or two with some dumbbells or weight, but nothing like I never did anything like bodybuilding wise or anything powerlifting wise, but so functional fitness as a whole, it would be what I was encompassing. Yeah. Um, are you, are you taking last question? And I'm definitely interested to know about your, your acid fucking ride. Cause see that actually I'm going to pause there. I was going to do another ADD sidebar, but I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll let you walk us down this acid, acid plane here or acid track rather because that's a whole nother world um last question on the on the personal training shit though at this point now in your life are you do you find yourself kind of like burning out of it are you kind of getting into something else like where's your mindset with that (laughs) ironically i actually ended up doing my last bit of personal training in december of this year yeah um Cause I was like, I'm, I was, I was burnt out, you know, um, you know, between COVID and stuff, I was working at a gym at the, in 2020 and then like COVID came and the gym I was working at closed out and they fired all the people that worked there. So that kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. Then I was doing like a little bit of online training and that was cool, but I didn't really like that as much as I was doing the other stuff. So I kind of, I just left the fitness industry as a whole. Um, so I completely left it. So yes, I, I I was like, you know what? I really loved it. You know, had a great time here. Spent most of my working years in the fitness industry, like it made most of my money. But um, I'm out. Like I'm out. I'm out, and I'm out for good. You know, taking care of my own physical health. Yes. You know, still talking to people that I trained. Yes, but I don't want to personal train people anymore. At least right now, like, I'm like, it's not anything that I want to be doing. So yeah, I, I'm I'm out. I'm out the game like entirely. Yeah. Um, okay. So, oh, actually last, last thing. Did you ever get into the mindset and framework of, um, trying to do the personal training thing for more of an entrepreneurial lens as far as, or, or were you actually doing that? Were you, were you connected to a gym? Or were you like kind of trying to do that thing independent? So when, uh, when I was in, uh, New Jersey, I, um, I was working at gyms and I had like a boss that I, I was working at gym for someone. And then my, the person who was my boss at the gym went and started his own thing. And I worked with him. So I was one of his trainers on his training team. And then, uh, I had a chance to move to California cause, uh, I have a cousin that lives out here and uh, he's like my big bro. So I wanted to come out here. But when I came to California, I wanted to come out here and like either open up my own gym or be like a celebrity trainer. So that was like where my mindset was when I came out here. And I came out here and like ended up working at a 24 hour fitness because like, you know, you got to start somewhere. But then the COVID stuff happened and then like I ended up being where I am now. So I definitely wanted to go like I, I went into the fitness industry learning what I could. And then I was going to either like either get my own gym 
own gym or own gym franchise, depending on where depending on where I wanted to take it. Or like go like the celebrity trainer route or the travel CEO trainer route, depending on which ones I could kind of work my way into. Yeah. But I was going into a, with an entrepreneurial mindset no matter what field it was. And like whatever the highest level I can get was what I was going for. Facts. All right, bro. Take us down this acid ride. Cause I've done acid. I've done acid six times. Nice. I've done shrooms. This was my ninth time doing shrooms. Um, my favorite all over all of them is Molly, but Molly is the most dangerous in my personal opinion. Cause you just, that's right here. Know. Yeah. You just never know what this shit's cut with, you know, but if, it, but if it's, but if you get pure Molly, it's actually not cut with anything. It's actually pure MDA, which is a natural chemical in the brain already. So on the, on the, and then please tell me, but on the, on the, on the list of, uh, safest, Shrooms is number one because shrooms is lack actually natural. Like shrooms is, it's natural. Like there's no human being that made shrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, you know obviously goes down. But but walk us through walk us through this acid trip, man. That's that's interesting. Yeah, man. Um, and uh, just to give a little backstory, I got from personal training, obviously, so fitness side of things. Uh, like smoked a little weed, you know, alcohol on occasion. Not nothing too crazy. So like I never did anything. That was my extent of like anything before I took um before I took acid. True. So um it's the whole story, it's just like the whole story itself is a little is a little nuts. When I, the more I think about it, the more I talk about it. But you know, actually it was last year. So uh one of my good friends and I, we wanted to go and kind of go do like a like a you know, a growth, spiritual awakening kind of process kind of thing. So we ended up going to uh Tulum, Mexico uh last year. Uh, around uh september and uh we were going to do ayahuasca we, we wanted to do ayahuasca when we we're out there and kind of go through that whole spiritual process and growth and you know development of all those things but whatever like the whatever person that we people who went people who went out there to go work with um you know the, the, whatever the rotation of how like the ceremony is whenever we missed the the time slot to do it whatever the time slot was and i wasn't like a I wasn't as versed in what the time slot was as he was. So I can't tell you the exact time, the reason why we couldn't do it, but like it was, we, we were just there at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. So, but that's what the, that's what our mindset was going over there for the trip, you know, kind of go there and do this. So long story short, you know, we're in our Airbnb, we walk outside, we see this dude outside our Airbnb. He's uh hey, he talked to him like blah blah. Cause we're saying hi to everybody, like I said before, you know, never know where one path's gonna lead you to talk to people, blah, blah, blah. I still still feel still feel the same way, still follow the same process. So we're talking to this dude. We're in Mexico, he's from the States. He's like, Yeah, man, you know, I'm a DJ at this spot. I moved out here because of COVID. Uh come check us out at this at this restaurant tonight. I DJ there, you guys can get it for free. Beautiful. We had no plans anyway. So, you know, nighttime comes, we get there. The place is like this big, beautiful place. It's called uh, Cafe Mia, I think. Beautiful place. You know, they have a, like a house electronic vibe kind of feel in there. Dim lights. Uh, and it's like a beach, beach kind of restaurant club thing. So restaurant in front. The back has like a stage and like a it's like by the beach, but you're not you don't you're not really in the you're not by the water, though. So you're like in sand looking at a stage in like this enclosed area but you're still outside but it's beautiful and it feels good anyway the show starts 
and it's like, do you know who uh, XXYYXX is? He is, uh, he's like a DJ who makes like trancey, you know, Keitronada is? I do. He's, he's, he's kind of like Keitronada, but he's, he's a lot slower than Keitronada. But the sound of the place that I was at, the music sound of this, this, this DJ thing was like Keitronada-esque in the sense that like, it's very like, there's not too many words and it's all about the music and like the atmosphere of the of the vibes. So it's not, a, I wouldn't say it's exactly Cajunata, but that's the only person who I can compare it to that. Like I knew because this shit was like some shit I never heard before, but it was like, so we're there. And like, that's the atmosphere. It's like, vroom, vroom, vroom. like you feel like you're in like a fucking like, yeah. Like you're in like a, I felt like I was in a lava lamp. That's like the whole like vibe of the place. So you, we're, so me and my friend are in there and we're looking around and we're like, we're, we look like two, two idiots because we came here we didn't know it was like a beach kind of club so there's sand everywhere and we're in like jeans and boots and like button-ups because like oh we figured it was gonna be like more of a club vibe but nonetheless like yo fuck it screw it let's do we take our shoes off stand in the sand now as the the you know the djs start coming up and playing their music and everyone's doing their like you know they're dancing they're vibing it's like a real like smooth free flowing like like a lot of everyone's kind of just vibing out and just you know, being themselves and dancing to the music. And then there's like these guys walking around. There's basically like these, these waiters walking around with drugs. Like they're just, just drug waiters walking around. And they're just like, Hey, like you guys want something? And we're like, Oh uh, no, no, we're not going to take anything. Yeah. Right. Then we look at each other and we're like, Fuck it, we're in Mexico. We might as well try some shit for the first time. He's like, right. yeah, we might as well just do it. Fuck it. So we're like, someone told us about acid earlier in the day. Neither one of us took it before. We're like, fuck it, let's do it. So like, yeah, you got acid. We take it, and we don't really know what the we like. We don't ever we don't know what we're looking for. He's texting his one friend who took it. He's like, he's you know trying to figure out all the vibes and everything. So we're still having a good time. Not really sure how things are going on, but as the night progresses, you know, we start feeling things more. And it was definitely like one of the one of the wilder things that I did because everything just felt like now, like looking back at it, I can feel like how I felt. Everything felt more, just more like vibrant, you know. Yep. I laughed harder, like when I moved, things felt more. I moved better, like the music felt like it was more in me. And I, the, but the craziest thing about this whole scenario was that while I was here at this at this party doing this, doing this. Uh, this thing, we're just like, it's like, holy shit. Like, we're trying to figure out what the hell's going on because everything, this is our first time doing this. this is a great time. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then like the story, even telling the story right now, bro, I'm like, it's so wild because like, if I didn't have proof of this shit, I would not even think, I thought I was going crazy, bro. No, I'm here. So, so we are in Tulum taking acid for the first time at this place, right? While we're there, you know, people all around us dancing, meeting people from all over. Met this dude from NY. Met this person from uh, Nicaragua. Like, there's people all from all around the world over there. Then we meet these people from Germany. So, like, the, one of the DJs is also from Germany as well. So, we're in Germany. So, we meet the German people. We're talking to them, blah, blah, blah. We're talking to them, all these things. The, uh, 
then German people have this one girl with them that's from the U.S. I'm like, oh shit, like a U.S. person, like nice to meet you, blah blah blah. I don't know if you've been around, like been in other countries, but when you go somewhere else and like a U.S. person, like in the states, is like, all right, fuck you. U.S. person, when you somewhere else, is like, oh shit, like what's good, fam? You know what I mean? Like we we the only black people somewhere, and it's you the only black person around a bunch of white people. Is like, oh, like what's good, bro? You know. Exactly. And when you're on U.S. person in other countries, like, oh, shit, what's good? Like, it's, 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 it's different energy. So it was cool to see that. And then long story short, the uh, concert ends, you know, everything's going, everyone's leaving. And the, uh, so we're talking to the people, the German people, and we're talking to them, like, what are we going to do next? Blah, blah, blah. Where are we going to go? And the German people end up just leaving. And they leave the, the, the person from the U.S. like by herself. So the it's just and she's like a girl that's eighteen years old who just like just met them later that early that day and just didn't know what to do. She was like, oh, like she was hanging out with them all day. So here we are on drugs for the first time, and there's this girl that's just like from the U.S. just left alone from the people. So we're talking to this girl and we're like, hey, like, like, uh, like who else did you come here with? Like, where's the rest of your people? Because we're like, yo, I got little sisters. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Like you can't, a kid can't be out here just moving by themselves in another country. Like it's just not like a. We got, we got, we we both too. Like we we got sisters. We we got too much love in our like you know what I mean in our family to have to be leave, leaving someone out there alone. Exactly. In the third world, like that's not even it's not even a thought. So I was like, all right, if they left you, you with us. So then we talking to this girl and we're like, like what do you think you were doing out here? What do you think you were doing out here alone, like just walking out here? Like you're in you're in a third world, like you're in Mexico, bro. Like you don't know how things are out here. But she's like, oh, I speak Spanish, blah blah blah. And I'm like, bro, like, what do you mean you speak Spanish? Like that's not that's not the determining fact of what you should be doing alone or not alone. Not a, and I'm and I won't ask it for the first time, bro. So I'm like, hold on. Then I look at my boy. This this is why I'm like, I look at my boy and I'm like, bro, are we about to like save this little eighteen year old kid. While we don't ask it, like, is this, is this really happening right now? Or I'm just trying to save a life. Dude. That's what I'm saying, bro. I'm like, are we about to save a life? Because, like, in, in retrospect, there was nothing. There was no imminent danger. So, like, it wasn't like nobody was coming after her. But, like, we were definitely her best option for safety. Like, yeah. what the fuck else are you going to do? Because, like, no one else is going to. Like, there's just too many random things for us to, to be to be positive. You know what I mean? So, me and my boy are talking. I'm like. Bro, we just took this shit for the first time. Like, are we all right? Like, should we do this? Like, oh, is is this is this actually happening right now? Is this a joke? Then we talked to the girl. Like, yo, are you real or are we just tripping? She's like, no, 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 I'm real. Like, I promise, I'm real. Like, we need. I need your help. And I'm like, did you like touch her right, face? So, she was real? yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, you know, like I like hit her arm. I'm like, just making sure this is a real life human being. Because I'm like, bro, I don't, I don't know what the fuck I just took. I'm like, bro, I just took, I just took this shit in a random spot. I have no idea what the fuck. What the fuck just happened? Yeah. But um, so we take it. We we already took it. We talked to the girl. Blah blah blah. Everything is closing. We uh, I drove because I was like, you know, I didn't I didn't drink any alcohol, so I forgot I'll be all right. So I drove, took the girl, got her to safety. You know, like we got a photo, the proof that she's okay. Blah blah blah. Like she's a real person, and we're going <laughs> on our merry way. You saved but, the day, bro. But the thing was like, the thing was that like, bro saving it like i still even now i'm like bro i was like dog like i went and took drugs in another country and like you know what i mean bro i took acid for the first time somewhere that like i definitely i'm not mad i did it like a hundred times i a hundred times i would have did it a hundred times yeah but you know we saved the kid you know what i mean like we helped we helped someone out 
And the whole experience is so crazy. So I was like, bro, I definitely did like, that's probably one of the things that you definitely shouldn't have done. Like one of the wildest shits I ever did. But at the same time, I still did the right thing. So I was like, you know, I, I really felt comfortable who I was as a person at that moment. Cause I was like, even when all this happened, like I still did the right thing. And then I was like, this is kind of like some movie shit, bro. Like I'm on drugs. I mean, my boy on drugs for the first time in, in Mexico. Don't really speak a leak of Spanish helping out a kid. And bro, I, I, I'm still lost of words for what happened, bro. Because it, yep. it doesn't, like, the more I say it, I'm like, bro, this sounds like a movie. No, it's it, not only does it sound like a movie, it sounds, dude, you saved the uh, Make-A-Wish child's life, dude. It's fucking nuts, bro. It's fucking nuts. And, like, if I had the photo of her, like, proof, like, we have a photo of three of us together, bro, I was like, I would have thought I was crazy. I was like, nah, I just can't hallucinate this shit, like. I'm at the, I went, to, went and took acid and went and got to save the kid at a random place. Like it's just all types of wild shit. What did you? What, did you feel anything? Like oh, bro, it, that was the first time I ever took some shit, and I was like, because you know, weed, alcohol, everything else. I was like, that was the first time I took some shit, and I was like, oh, this how this is how motherfuckers get hooked on shit. This shit was got this shit was amazing. Felt, I was like, God damn! It felt it felt magnificent. It did, man. It was like I felt like. I felt like uh, I felt like all the freedoms you get when you get drunk, but none of the, like the the loss of cognition. So I could still That's, talk the same way. Like I drove. Like it was amazing. How did it feel when you took that shit? Because you have way more experience than I do, bro. No, that's that's. I was literally going to say that's exactly it. You have all the freedoms. You know what? It, I'm going to go back to it because I'm literally just a couple of days off of it. That's what it is, bro. When you do acid and shrooms, you're in the real world, bro. I'm telling you, one of these days, bro, I'm going to take like 64 grams of fucking shrooms and write a movie. Like, I'm going to do some crazy fucking shit. Because this is the truth, bro. We are in the fake world, dude. And I'm on this kick right now, mainly because I just got done, obviously, doing what I did. But, bro, like, and, and tell me if I'm crazy. Tell me if I'm making sense. But what you just said is literally the definition of what I'm saying, bro. Like, Like, you felt like... You probably were the most honest you've ever been. You probably, yo, didn't you feel so clear? It really did. Right? And it's because I keep telling people this, bro. Like, I studied neuroscience for about six years. On some, not, like, in a school setting, but, like, from, like, my, my, my real life that I told you about offline and, like, some business shit. And, and, bro, everything we do, you realize, like, this is some nerdy shit. Everything that we do in life is driven from our subconscious. And our subconscious is driven from our memory banks. And our subconscious and our memory banks are driven from everything that we see, everything that we touch, everything that we read, everything that we smell, everything that we eat, everything that we interact with, right? And so everything that I just mentioned, most of it is driven by what? Fear, anxiety, fucking perspective, narrative, stories, uh, all the shit that I rambled off in the beginning of this episode. And so um Quite literally, though, when you again, when you take shrooms and when you take acid, dude, I'm telling you, bro, it, it it eliminates all of that shit and everything is just is, bro. It just is. And it allows you to connect with people. It allows you to dude, you're you're a fucking Captain save You you saved a human. You saved a young girl's life. Bro, I really did, bro. And like, I really did. And even when I say it, I'm like, bro, we really did this. Like we really did this, dog. Like, yeah. Even now, I'm still like, holy shit. 
Yeah. Um, before we transition into some of these topics you sent over to me, bro, because um, that's typically the way I do this podcast, right? Like we we we, we chop it up for a while, get to know you, and then we kind of do like some rapid fire shit into these topics. Um, do you resonate at all with that? Just to make sure that I'm not crazy, like, have you ever sat back and like wondered or asked yourself or found yourself frustrated around the way life currently is? Like, like, do you like is is am I crazy? Do you think we're like in some like like here's the last example I give to really make sense of what I'm saying? I told my boy Des yesterday. I said, um, "The Matrix is what I'm talking about." Yes. Does any of this shit resonate with you? Like how you feel in life? Like I don't know if you had a girl. I don't know if you, you know, kids, wife, you know, anything. I don't know what you do and friends, family. Like I don't know how you think about shit when it comes to like those things. But like, do you think this world is real from like that whole, like I said, ego and narrative and fucking stories and fear and all that shit? Like what's your, what's your, what's your final, you know, summary of what the fuck I'm saying here? I um so I, I meditate. So okay. a lot of the things that you're saying do I do believe I like I I resonate it does resonate with me as far as like because you know like just from meditation as a whole, just from uh as far as things being in the matrix, we are hundred percent in the matrix, bro. Yeah. And with this metaverse shit coming out, like I don't know how far you know about that shit, but like but that literally is the matrix. Like we are we're in the matrix, but then like they got the matrix matrix coming out in the next 20 years. So we that's his own set of set of set of topics. But um, <laughs> as far as how, uh, you know, the ego and, you know, your unconscious and how, you know, you you interact with things at 100 percent as the matrix, man, and how your perspective or how you can see things differently. Uh, definitely all all affect you, man, like um, to kind of go back with uh, my viewpoint of like of uh, me coming from 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 New York to Jersey like the 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 premise of just like having the best kind of shoes this this is a simpler thing but i'll 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 expand on it how it works everything together though yep because you know being in a in a city you know being black in the city you know like sneakers are important bro like sneaker culture that's 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 everything and like jordan's jordan's is like jordan's is like the gold fucking standard of of sneakers well at least it was at the time like there's more shit now obviously but back when i was like in like seventh grade like you know jordans are still jordans but at least not as more options but back then like it was like jordans was like the best kind of thing ever and you know when i went out when i ended up switching to uh to south jersey you know it was like you know it wasn't like it was a lot more white people so like the culture was different and people were wearing shoes that was like way more like just like shit i never seen before fucked up types or whatever like just more there was more opportunities and it didn't put the same effect on shoes that like i was already accustomed to being on Mm -hmm. and having that change having that paradigm shift of like oh shit like shoes are not the gold standard of like your worth in in this age like that's that was like a big like holy shit like this doesn't actually matter because that was something that was so engraved in me being in the culture being in the scene that that like i was like oh like there's more there's more to them like the social ma- the social matrix that's around you at the moment yep. isn't always the, mo- the matrix for everywhere else that you go. Yeah. And go like to the same thing with though where we being in Mexico like oh like dude there's dudes walking around selling me drugs 
like as waiters like that. I don't know anywhere in the U.S. where I would be able to even fucking fantasize that even being a thing, you know, just those little shifts of like, oh, you know, there's more. And these are all things that are still physical in like this physical world. But even in that, you know, the way you view the world, the stories that you're telling yourself, the viewpoints that you have are only from your own viewpoint and what you already have you experienced. And then when you go somewhere else, you experience something you haven't experienced before. You realize like, holy shit, mm. I don't know shit. Yep. I don't know shit and there's so much more for me to know. So, you know, I I definitely agree because if the, if the shroom experience or after taking the acid experience, that freeing of just like being at different whatever level of inhibition or cognitive cognitive feeling is i definitely agree because there's definitely a level of a filter that you just automatically have on you always that like when you're out of it whether it be from being in a new culture or a new standpoint or being on something that you've never taken before or kind of going through a life-changing experience there's always that like oh shoot everything all the matrix rules that i knew don't even apply here so like are they really even rules if they don't apply mm. to a whole, in a whole nother section? So yeah. I do. So I resonate with what you're saying, bro. Facts. Um, you ready for this rapid fire? Oh, yeah, bro. I'm ready. All right. So I'm happy you picked this topic. This is interesting. So one thing just on some like sidebar shit. The topic list is like a co-created effort from many people. And so now that you have access to that list, bro. You can add any that's why the list is so fucking long because like all the guests that have ever come on add to that list. So that's like another thing that I'm doing with the podcast to make it really community based. If there are any topics, because hopefully you'll you know you'll you'll listen to this podcast ongoing even after you're not a guest any longer. Um if there's anything you want to hear other people's perspectives on, please add to that list, bro, and just put it in question form and just continue this this energy. Um so I had no idea what you were going to pick and i purposely don't look at it literally until right now like obviously i copy and paste it and put it in a different notes for me to look at but mm-hmm. i give it zero thought so um i'm laughing but not actually laughing because i have really fucking deep thoughts on this first question so you put the first thing you chose is um what does acting black mean what was the first thing that came to mind and why you picked that i it was like one of, it was higher up on the list yeah. I think it was a good conversation topic to have because I think yeah. it's just one of those things that uh that we kind of need to talk about more as black people. Yeah, let's talk about it. What what's what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? Like when you hear or when you hear yeah, when you hear someone say you're acting black, um what the fuck does that mean to you? Like do you get upset? Do you get angry? Do you do you question it? Are you like, yo, that's the most ignorant fucking thing I heard? Or do you now have a little bit of empathy, right? It's like, okay, I don't really agree, but I see what you're trying to say. Let me let me help you out, you fuck. Like, what do you think? Um, I definitely kind of bounce between the two of them. Sometimes it's more of a uh, the fuck is wrong with you kind of thing, depending on what kind yeah. of mood I am. But other times it's like, all right, for you to ask that, for you to say something like that is something that like you may not have you must not have a certain level of like understanding to even know. Like if you don't even know you shouldn't ask someone that, then there's a couple layers of understanding that you don't even have either. You know? Um, who do you, who so, do you typically hear that from, black people or white people? Because I've heard, um, and when I say ask that, what I'm really trying to say is, let me, I'm actually jumping a couple steps in this conversation. 
So essentially to the listeners, what I'm actually saying, and I think, I think, uh, I think Dom, you already know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. Many black people say you sound white. Yep. Right. May white people say, or many, yeah, many white people will say to another fellow white person or any color, frankly, and say you're acting black. So I think this question is kind of a two-folded, like acting white, acting black, acting black, acting white. What does that all mean for you culturally? Like, what the fuck are people talking about when they make those statements, bro? <laughs> it drives me fucking crazy. You and me, you and me both, bro. You and me, bro. That's why I figured it was a good topic, man, to kind of go back into the whole, you know, social matrix thing on how the the viewpoint of certain things are because it's it's crazy how like certain things how certain things are black things and certain things are white things and then how you talk is one of them that just like I still don't even like I still like I I I don't like I don't think it's a good nothing about it makes sense but then when you talk to people that don't make sense like you can't expect people to make sense. Like to go back to the whole matrix thing that we talked about. If someone's never been outside of their matrix, then they don't even know what other. They don't even know how to view anything outside their lens of what they view. You know, mm. so that that is that is the most empathetic response I can give out of right now. So, um, I liked it because you know that's definitely something that I went through. Like, oh, you talk white, blah blah blah, because you know I talk like a person that. I'm not cursing every sentence, even though I do curse a lot. And I'm not, you know, using certain slang kind of thing every single every single sentence. Um, and what they're really saying, for those that have never heard this before, which is probably like 0% of people listening, um, what they're really saying is, you, you know, you sound like you're white, you're acting black, whatever the case is. They're, they're talking about the culture narratives and stories and fucking worlds that people have created and like the consistency of it. So, when they say you're acting black, they're talking about the way that you're dressing, the slang usage, the, the cursing, the drug use, the the decisions that you make. Again, stories, TV, movies, narrative, bullshit, right? You know, when they say when you sound like you're white, when you talk like you're white, typically, right, I guess, and, and I don't agree with this, but I guess the narrative has been white people are educated, they're smart, they speak and pronounce their words clearly, they make smart decisions. They dress and, and wear their clothes in a certain proper structure and style, and they wear certain brands. Is that, do you agree with that shit, I guess? Is that really what people are trying to say? I, I agree. I think that is what people are trying to say most of the time. And it comes, and it's, it's, it's really dumb. But at the same time, like I said before, I learned that if someone's, like, if you don't have, like, if you're, if you're one of those people, this is what I'm gonna say about to white people. If, you, if you're one of those white people that don't have a lot of black interactions with people besides like people at work, like you know what I mean. Like if you don't have like any close friends that are that are black or or people of color in general, then like you're not even gonna know what even like things you can't like. You're just gonna say shit that you think you can say because you're not even gonna know that you can't say those things. Like I said, kind of going back into that certain view of the matrix kind of thing. So it's like. It's just it's there's there's le- there's like levels there, uh, there's a spectrum to like where everyone can be as far as like knowing when they saying dumb shit but not knowing they saying dumb shit when they saying ignorant shit when but they're not even knowing not even knowing they're saying ignorant shit. Mm. Um, fuck, I, 
No, I hear you, bro. You're you're defining it. You're defining it perfectly, in my in my opinion. But but yeah, man, it's like one of those things where like I don't even it it's it's very ignorant for someone to say that on either side. You talk white, you talk black, because you're automatically pigeonholing yourself into whatever the other side is being the opposite of the other one, as opposed to them being different. Like if you said like if someone was speaking English and one was someone was speaking Spanish, that's two entirely different languages. You know what I'm saying? Like, but because the quality of what someone's saying and the words and the the uh, the level of depth of what that person is able to speak, the intelligence level of what they're able to speak, like that you can't give you can't define that to a color, which is just like one of those things that. But people still go to it. But but if people still reinforce the 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 matrix of it, then is it less real or more real? Say that again. I'm thinking. Say that again. So so what I'm saying is that like. We like it makes no sense. Talking black cannot like talking black or talking white should not even be a thing. No, if if everybody, if enough people treat talking black and talking white as a thing, then it kind of is a thing. You know what I'm saying? And not because it it is or it should be, but just like to kind of go back into that whole matrix thing. If the social circle that you're in is making that be the case, then it almost is like it's a thing that shouldn't be a thing, but it is. It's a thing that shouldn't be a thing because it is a thing because I guess what you speak about and what you give attention to turns real. Yes. Yes, exactly. Mm. Which is fucked up. Like, I, I don't think it should be. A, like, I don't want it to be a thing. But to put it into to kind of go into that whole meta concept is like if everyone is if a. If everyone, I don't know, I'm trying to think what even, I'm trying to have a good metaphor for it, but I'm glad you picked it up. No, I hear you. I hear you. Um, all right, let me do this. I am Googling it right now. Because remember, I do these ad hoc. You picked, and I'm just going to pick for you here just for time's sake. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. The question brothers. is pull up each Kanye album, Wiz album, and Travis Scott album. Give your thoughts. I'm going to choose Kanye right now because he's doing a lot of shit with Gap. The nigga's crazy. He's my, I mean, I personally love him a lot. So, um, I love him too, bro. So that's, that's why I picked it. Facts. All right. I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. It's the very first thing that comes to mind. Yes. That album's an absolute masterpiece, man. That album, that was like his album that he came back with after he uh, had the Taylor Swift thing. So he came back in and just changed the entire music industry and fucking, oh man. Yeah. It came out in November 2010 and it was his fifth album. Yep, and he had the Good Fridays leading up up to it. He would drop an album. He dropped a new song every Friday until he dropped the album. I remember doing that because I was in high school at the time. And I mean, yeah. my, my boys would be hyped every single Friday. Like, we couldn't wait for that shit to come out, man. He, so a couple of things on here, and we can riff on this for a second. Dude, the way, let me, let me, let me explain to, to you fucks out there. I say that a lot on this podcast. So, you know, I get that from, uh, who do I get that from? What's the name of that comedian? I don't know. He says you fucks a lot. I think, I think it's funny. Um, 
the way he structured this album and tapped into vulnerability forever changed hip hop. Like yes. there's an argument that can be made. The, the juice worlds, the, the little dirks of the world, like all these rappers that are actually do that street shit, but are super vulnerable. There's an argument that can be made that before this album came out and obviously before his first four albums came out, if I can be really honest, but before this particular album, before it came out, there's an argument that can be made. Rap was nothing more than bitches, drugs, fun, swag, clothes, jewelry, and if it wasn't about that, it was about telling the story of the hood and telling the story of how you, how you, how you, you know, you know, rose yourself and fucking and fucking you know, dominated life from being in a, in a very deprived and fucked up area originally. Right. Like it was, it was in some of those narratives before this album, people were not talking about, you know, vulnerability, sadness, depression, anxiety, you know, begging for women to love them and see them for who they are. Like people weren't now it's the normal thing. Now every kid in the hood is crying about something to do with, mental health variables or women or whatever the case is going to be. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on like how vulnerable he was with this album? bro? No, that, that, that definitely spoke volumes to it. Cause I, I like I said, I'm a, I'm a Kanye stand, bro. So everything that he did on the album, vulnerability wise, production wise, um, you know, changing, just changing even the format of songs, like lost in the world was like, that's like a whole different even set of things. Um, mm-hmm. The way all the lights were structured. Uh, but all as far as vulnerability, man, he definitely opened up himself more than, and he definitely allowed a lot more opening too for future generations as well. Yep, like the Juice Worlds, even like the whole Drakes, like they all stem from Kanye being able to say like, hey, I'm Kanye, but like these are my issues. Yep. Deal with them. Yep. Bro, be real with me here. All right, be be really honest with me here, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, Kanye versus Jay Z in a versus. Like now, now before you answer, think about the context of what a versus is intended to do. I had a debate with my boy about this the other day. People keep getting versus fucked up. Versus is versus is intended for a. It's it's a when you watch versus. You're supposed to be out of your seat vibing the entire time. You're not supposed to be, damn, okay, yeah, I remember that song, kind of just like casually bobbing your head. No, you're supposed to be like, oh, shit, like, this is crazy. Like, verses is supposed to be classic after classic after classic after hit after hit after hit. Bro, be real with me right now. Kanye or Jay-Z versus? Who oh, went? like, it's not even a question for me. For me, it would be Kanye all the way. Right, dude. I tell people that all the time. But Jay Z is a boring rapper. That's that's actually. Oh, I might. That's a little bit disrespectful. Keep going though. Uh, like I to personally, me like Kanye is better. Than, to me, Kanye is better than Jay Z on all levels. But of course, Jay Z inspired Kanye. So like, I totally understand. Like, I get that whole hierarchy thing. And there's a whole generation of people that are inspired by Jay-Z. But, like, 
it's kind of like, yay. It's J over J for me on every level. Like I don't even play Jay Z as much. I don't even play Jay Z as much as I play Kanye. So like I'm, but I'm also like in the Kanye generation. So, so yeah. but I don't. It wouldn't even. It's it's not even comparable to me personally. Yep. But I feel like a lot of the people that are in verses end up being artists that because no one who's really like a current current artist. It's doing verses, you know what I mean? Because most of the demo people that are watching verses are older people. So in that aspect, Jay might win just because more of the Jay fans are probably going to be watching verses. Because like someone who likes, uh, like Playboy Cardi is not doing the verses right now. You know what I mean? He's somebody who's young and still active. Like Lil Durk's not doing it. You know, Lil Baby's not doing it. So Lil like Baby, that whole Lil Baby's getting that catalog up. Though. I will say that he is. He is. So like there's a whole there's a whole uh so I think based on the current thing like I think and p- politics shit like Jay's not gonna let Kanye beat him as far as like whatever whatever the the magic behind the mirror is like he's not gonna let Kanye beat him but we all know we all know like the what well, the people who really know know that like I'm it's Jay all the way with me it's not like I said yeah. I'm not even going not bullshit not hiding it's Jay all the way with me yeah not to get Jay Z fucked up but it's Jay all the way over here. Yeah, Jay Z got some shit, bro. Like, dun, 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 um, the fuck is that song? Uh, uh, dust off your shoulder. Yep. You know, and then and then after that, like I'm fucking blanking. Right? I don't even like <laughs> like I'm trying to think of bangers. He doesn't he doesn't have bangers. Um, he he always put together really great bodies of work and just completely ripped apart like your your rapper. Um, he's like Nas, like Nas. You know, I mean, Nas is objectively great. Like, actually, sidebar, ADD again. Did you hear that Nas album? I Where didn't you, hear it yet. I need to, bro. I keep, I keep saying I want to hear it and listen to it straight through and like sit down and like marinate with it, but I keep forgetting to do it. I, yeah. I've heard nothing but good things about it, bro. It's crazy. It's an album, bro. Bro, it's an album with um. Uh, it's him and Hip Boy, right? Dude, it's him and Hip Boy. Hip Boy, dude, he brought back Nas from the angle of it's crazy, bro. It's fucking. You have to listen to it. Bro. It's 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 going to be nominated for a Grammy next year. It's that good. It's that good, dude. The production is perfect. There's no flaw. The uh, and then Nas. Because Nas, Nas is, I don't know if you ever heard this, but people used to shit on Nas a lot about his beat selection. Yes, they did. Now it's not a problem. <laughs> now it's not a problem, bro. So it's literally, the, in my personal opinion, it's one of his most perfect albums outside of, obviously, Illmatic and of course. You know, God's Plan and, and some of his classics. But, um, yeah, this is a great album, bro. So you should listen to that. Uh, all right. Rapid, uh, rapid Fire Shit. Gary V strategic brain. Let me define this a little bit for you just so we can I want to see where you want to take this. So in my real life, <clears throat> um, or actually now that we want this vibey shit in my fake life, because this is my real life, <clears throat> right? Like <clears throat> that's a whole nother thing, right? Like who I am right now and the way I'm talking to you and the things that we talk about, that's actually who I am, I think. I told you this offline, like the character that I developed in like my business world is 
fuck that dude. Like I don't, you know, it's, it's just a means to, it's just a means to like providing a lifestyle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but what I did take away from Gary V in my business world is the way he structured um, his holding company. Um, mm. Vayner X, because I have a holding company and there's many different brands inside of it. And I have a big collective of people around me and it's a whole thing. And the way he does his podcast and the way he does his PR and his blogs and the way he does his keynotes and everything he did, I structured my business around the same structure of it. And I think strategically what I love about him is how he jumped into like Vayner Sports and the NFTs and, you know, the gallery media group, whatever the fuck his name that is. And he just he just makes really strategic decisions, you know, and what he does with Vayner Sports and the NFL drafts and the MLB and the UFC, like he's capitalizing on attention in a way that is like very ownership, longevity, like legacy type shit based. Um, he is. What are your thoughts on his strategic brain from that context that I just outlined? I think he, um, I think he's real dangerous, man. Like he's, he's real. He's like, I'm a real big fan of him too. And, uh, bro, he, his, he like his ability to just know, uh, to kind of wait stuff out to see like when it's actually going to hit that next stage and then like start talking about it. And then like his ability to kind of like think about stuff so much more long-term, you know, like when he mm-hmm. talks about like buying the jets in 20 years, like, you know, he's not playing around because he's like, I'm going to be doing this for the next 20 years. Like there's not 20 people you can talk to. It's like, Oh, what, what are you going to like? What's up? Like, Oh, like in 20 years, I'll be doing blah, blah, blah kind of thing. That's a different level of thought, a different level of moving for, uh, you know, if your, your action is just like how I'm going to do stuff. So, and him having like so many companies he has holding, so many things he has under Vayner X. Like he just recently launched, um, he has an NFT uh, like food group that he's fucking going to have in New York City that like you get that, you hold the NFT and then like you're in like a group of people that eat at this restaurant or some shit. Oh, like, wow. Fish or some, it's, it's something that I was like, bro, he's already, like he's already in the future. Like he's already in the future, bro. The NFT food group. I don't know anybody else who you've been talking about combining these things besides him. And, you know, I'm excited to see how these things end up being staples for actual life when like he did it first, you know? Mm. He made and 90 like, million off V Friends, bro. See, now now let's talk about that for a second. Now people people don't understand that, bro. He he pretty much let's just, let's just round it up for him. He just ran he literally ran up a hundred million in like three months. Plus, cause cause the, the 40, 40, uh, 40 of the ninety was just from the uh from the, the secondary sales. So he's still making more because like the sales, the secondary sales don't stop. Like it's still part of the like that bro. So he he is made in perpetuity just making like residuals whether whether it's whether whether i guarantee you right now in this month alone he's made a few million in residuals whether it's a few million or in 50 years whether it's a few hundred thousand or a thousand or a dollar it's residuals right like again kind of shifting into my business world i love when i see like legacy ownership type plays long term like Mm -hmm. some of the things that i'm doing with my life you know um I structure I structure it and I set up set it up where this little piece is for my mom forever. This little piece is for my wife forever. This little piece is for 
me forever. Like whether it gives me, you know, like I got a business right now that for forever will give me um, $600 every time it does whatever it does in perpetuity forever. And I know that doesn't seem like a lot to people, but I tell people all the time, like if it does what it does, and I know I'm bringing broad 500 times or a thousand times, I'm not personally doing shit like at $600 times 600 times or 500 times without any of my personal energy, right? Any of my actual time, very similar to what Gary Vee's doing with the residuals, like very similar to what it looks like when you get into real estate. So what he's doing to strategically navigate his career, because I think, you know, back to the Jets thing that he's always talked about, really, honestly, what he's going to do is he's just going to like put all of his chips on the table and tell some crazy billionaire, buy, take everything from me and just give me like 30 billion or whatever it's going to be. And that's really probably because that's I'm just looking at it from a business standpoint. He's just stacking up chips strategically. If I'm being frank, that's really what he's doing. He is, man. Um, he is. He's he's and oh man, like I'm I'm excited to see how he does what he does because he has so much. Like his, he always talks about having so much time, but he really does have so much time, you know. Yeah, and he's not he's not playing. Like he's yeah. not playing. Yeah. Um. All right. Let me let me go through a couple more here. Um. Do you think social media has you know has been over exaggerated? around pretty much like how bad things are or do you think it's an accurate like depiction of what real life is like like what are your thoughts on that just briefly i know we've talked about a lot of this already but you know because i've seen two different perspectives especially from like parents and like the school systems and they're like don't let your kids on social media whatever the case is like do you think it's just an accurate depiction of this real life thing that we've been talking about or do you think it's nothing more than stories and narratives and perspectives that actually can spoil the mind what are your thoughts i think the whole thing is um it kind of becomes a self self-fulfilling prophecy to be honest mm. whatever way you kind of want to steal the ship you're probably going to find more ways to steal the ship in that same direction so I think it's not I don't think the world is as bad as they try to make it seem on social media. Um I feel like most things usually end up being more in the middle, no matter what. And then but people just tend to uh but the extremes always do the most talking and the extremes usually something that's pretty mean. Like I don't know too many people who are like, Oh my god, having the best day ever and like they didn't really mean it. You know what I mean? That's, but if someone had like a bad, terrible day. Like that's something that's easily going to go on Facebook or Instagram like quickly. You know what I mean? There's a yeah. lot more reason to give really bad reviews than there is to give really good reviews. So I think uh, social media as a whole is not as bad as people say. But because people that do say, usually just say bad shit, it kind of ends up looking that way. And then it's like, it ends up becoming like that, the matrix again, like that same matrix of things, of people looking for bad things. And then finding bad things and then doing bad things. They saw bad things. And that cycle kind of continues over and over again. But I don't think it's as bad as people say. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent, bro. A hundred percent. I think, I think the same. I don't think it's as bad as people say. I don't think it's as good as people say. I think it's, I think, I think people need to start being more confident and brave when it comes to protecting, protecting, 
how many narratives and stories and perceptions they allowed to seep into the mind. That's just what I think. And it could be that I'm still fucking dangling from a shroom tree right now, <laughs> or, or it could be uh, just who I am. And that's just what I feel. I feel too many people are wrapped up in, 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 in these stories and these narratives and these perspectives. And I think there's a lot of that on social media. I mean, that's quite literally the structure and the foundation of it. And um, I think people need to be more brave and confident to look at that from an enjoyment perspective, but have enough awareness and, and self-control to recognize that uh, that what they need is fucking inside on some like Tony Robbins shit and not, not the external imagery and heart clicking and, and resharing and reposting of narratives. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Big uh, facts. All right. Um, how do you train your brain to have more resistance, bro? Um, this is, I want to hear this from you actually, because there's a couple, there's a couple things happening in my life and a couple homies lives that like resistance is becoming an issue. So how do you train your brain for resistance? If you even think about it from that angle. I um I actually like I think I, I like this question a lot because it's something that I kind of try to implement how I can. Like um just being in fitness, obviously that's one thing that you really gotta to stay in shape, you have to train your brain resistance because you're like everything around you is designed to make you, you know, be less less happy, less healthy, less in shape. Like if you let your body just if you let your life just kind of go through the ringer and just do whatever like the fuck the world tells you to do you're not going to be like in any good shape or any kind of good healthy position because i'm gonna go eat, buy my food eat this watch my movie drink this like everything all that advertisements the, it's just very easy for you to fall into the place of someone else's of your body and health being in someone else's hands mm. so i am um so i'm very big on resistance i'm trying to build as much as much resistance as possible um and I try to, I think, um, I mean, if you exercise is definitely one of the biggest ones, you know, whatever that format is for you, whether it's, uh, like I like doing, I do res- resistance training and I also, I train jujitsu now too. So that's something else that I'm doing to kind of oh, really? stack up on that. I just started that in, uh, in July last year. And that's something that I'm definitely locked into. Um, but I'm very, uh, you know, I could. I'm definitely better than most now. I'm definitely better than the average person now. Because yeah. when I came in, I was getting fucked up by dudes that was like half my size, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, yeah. I'm six two, bro. Like, I lived. You know what I mean? I've been working out a little bit. Like, I should be getting fucked up like this by these dudes. Yeah. And you know, now I have enough that I'm like, okay, like, I at least can hold my own. If someone kind of did a couple of moves, I'm like, I, I'll be all right. Yeah. You know, but uh. But, but but definitely like getting in the habit of putting yourself in positions where you're not super comfortable and kind of just adapting to it. Because no matter what, like, because there's always going to be, you can't control what the fuck life's going to throw at you, bro. Like COVID's a prime example of that. And finding different ways to train your brain to resist stuff is definitely one of the biggest things. Like One thing I do, like, it took me a while to build up to it, but I do now, like, religiously, when I go into a shower... I turn it on cold first and I sit there for 10 seconds yeah. and then I take my shower and that shit, that shit never doesn't feel good. Like I do every day and it still sucks every time I do it. So that's like a small thing that I, that I do that I think more people could do. And even not that, just like the, 
the training aspect of doing something that's a little harder, you know, do a push up or, or squat every time you walk through a doorway or some shit like, that. you know, I mean, there's little things you could do, but if you can get in the habit of doing something small to kind of brace yourself, I think it always helps out because if you, if you can do, if you can struggle a little bit on your own on a daily, just for, for life, then when something harder comes in, at least you're more attuned to doing it. What are your, this is a complete sidebar question, but it's, I'm going to tie it back to resistance. What do you, what do you, are you in a relationship right now? I'm not right now, actually. Or have you been recently or? I haven't. I've been, I was, uh, like from COVID and stuff, like not, nothing like a official relationship, but I'm definitely like in a, in a better place now. Cause I just wasn't, I wasn't sure how to move with all the COVID stuff going on. And then, yeah. you know, work stuff it's just a lot of different things but now i'm in a better i'm in a better space now so you know okay. 2022 is more aligned aligned it aligns more on the agenda got it so you on a mission now <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's a, little, a little more of a mission now you know i feel you um what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on and this is gonna i'm gonna throw you a curveball um what are your thoughts on open relationships and from this angle, though, what are your thoughts on open relationships and the ego that comes along with, you know, just dating one person and expecting that one person to not want or need anyone else? So fighting that, fighting that natural human being resistance. Um, my so me, me and my girl, we are. We we have a we have an open relationship. Mm. Well, it's it's starting to work its way two ways. Right now, it's one way. She has a girl, right? Uh, or whatever, and and we have you know guidelines and rules and whatever the case is. But um, how I got there is I don't I don't own her. I don't own her body. I don't own her thoughts. I don't own her mind. I don't own her actions. And then, like, going back to that stream shit, like, what she wants to do physically with another woman, it just is, bro. It's just, and I don't want to get too graphic, but it's just, it's just orgasms. It's just body parts. It's just, it's just love. It's just, they want that for that moment. It doesn't, it doesn't mean she doesn't want to have kids with me. It doesn't mean she doesn't want to continually stabilize this household with me and spend the majority of our time to get, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean any of these stories we tell each other, you know? So what are your thoughts on like open relationships from that narrative and the level of the level of ego you need to strip away and the level of mental resistance and strength you need to have to be solid with yourself. Do you have any thoughts on that? Do you know anyone that's attempted that shit? Like, what are your thoughts on all that? Um, that's a good question. Um, no, from, from what you explained, it, it sounds it sounds amazing, and it sounds like a a very like an awesome journey of kind of like letting go of your ego and kind of just seeing where you know understand you don't own someone is is fantastic. Um, I don't really have much. I don't really know anyone. I don't know so. I don't know anyone publicly that I know that is an open relationship as far as like in my immediate circle. So I don't have too much like. I don't really have too much of an like opinion on it because it's just like it's one of those things that like I hear about, but I don't really know 
enough of the in and outs of how it actually ends up being for the person. Um, so I have a question for you actually, because I'm like trying to just trying to just be yeah, educated, yeah, you know what it's like. How do, how was that ego process for you? Say that again. I apologize. I was over talking. Go ahead. No, no problem. Um, how was that process of letting go of the ego for you? Like with this, like how 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 long did it take you? What what were the ins and outs like for you going through that? It's been a um, it's been a it's been a four year process. Mm. Um, I remember originally when it started. Um, it wasn't until I listened to this podcast one day and he literally said, it. I was listening to a podcast, a, t- a Tim Ferriss podcast, and he brought somebody on that does a lot of psychedelics and mushrooms. And he said that him and his wife did shrooms one day and they went out to the park and he found, you know, and he started looking at a girl and his wife just kind of asked him, do you want that right now? And I told you how it is when you're on shrooms, you're just super raw and honest. And he said, yes. And she said, I understand that. And they laughed and went on about their day, but he said he brought that little, that little tiny moment back into the, let's call it the fake world, real world, whatever you want to call it. And uh, they talked about it. And she said, for whatever reason, she felt very little ego and very little ownership. And from that point on, they started the journey of having conversations about control and ego and and all that shit. And so I took a lot of what they were doing and I started doing that with my girl now. And um, so fast forward. So we had conversations ongoing about how I don't own you, how I don't control you, how I can't make you feel any way, how jealousy is not real. It's all a story, how just all that shit. Right. And then um, about a year and a half ago, um, she had a friend that was attracted to her and I said, try it. And, you know, what we did is I'd set some boundaries and guidelines. I said the first is, and there's always going to be a little bit of ego and a little bit of control involved. Um, just because we're human beings and it takes a very long time to strip it all the way, you know, mm-hmm. away. But um, the very first thing we did is um, I said, anytime you want to do it, let me know up front and be honest. The answer is always going to be yes. I just need to do that little like, like that little shift mentally. I just need to like click it in my brain. Um, and then the second thing that I said is, if this is something you actually want to do and you need to do for you, um, I needed to also be from the angle of you, um, you just keep in mind and we set the, we set the relationship between you and I, that we are each other's primary, um, and that we both agree to that. Um, and then outside of that, I got like some, some funny ass, like douchebag guy shit that I just want to see. That <laughs> motherfucker. I just like to see, I, I gotta be, I, I need that. <laughs> I need access to keep, keep the door open. Is the, is the, you know, uh, I, I can pop in and out and whatever partner you choose needs to also agree to that. But that's like more of an egotistical, like fucking meta world, fucking shroom shit. I just, you know, that's just my, my ego talking, but, um, and let's just admit it. Like that's, why is that not cool to see <laughs> um, and, and to witness and, and be a part of, but, but yeah, bro, like on the maturity level, like that was our journey. Like I listened to a podcast. I did a lot of research and I studied, we sat through a lot of therapy and, 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 and 
long conversations around how we don't own each other. And um, we worked our way through testing it out. And then here we are now. Wow. That's an awesome story. I don't then, even have enough. I'm listening. No, no, no I was going to say, and then now we're, now she finally is starting to wrap her head around me now. Mm. Just to complete the circle. Is it, because I'm like, I don't know if I, I don't know, I don't know if I could at my current consciousness to even think that I could even do it. But let's unpack that though. Why, why not though, right? Like why, what, what's the first thing you feel you date? Because like, I have to ask now in today's world, I don't want to assume you date men, women, what do you date? Oh, women. Okay. Yeah, women all the way, strictly women. Oh, got, got it. Um. And you just have to ask. Sorry, like you just have to yeah, ask. Yeah, uh, bro, I get, I get you, bro. Don't worry. You, you know, it's twenty twenty two, bro. I get you. I have no offense taken. I know how things go now. You can't, you can't make any assumptions, um, bro. You know, you know me for one day, bro. I got you. Yeah. Um. So, w- w- what's the first thing you think of? Like, like if you were to just like doing some meditation type shit, and be like, okay, I got a girl. I love her a lot. She's doing something with another girl or guy. What what's the first thing that comes to mind? Um, hmm. that's a question. Uh, and 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 you know you know you both have discussed that she, she you are her primary. It's just it's just a moment. It's just some horny shit. It's just some vibey shit. It's just what it is. Um, I guess it's just like. Maybe I guess the ego thing of just like maybe like an ego thing of just like uh I I get I get what you're saying too, but just being like you have enough over here, like it's not but it shouldn't take from me though. But I but that's definitely the first thing it's like, but you should have enough over here already than to need mm-hmm. something else. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying you're wrong for that. I'm not saying you're bad for that. And I, and I, and I, and I still, you know, I still fight that battle, but, but objectively, right. Like without any emotion involved, you are allowed or it's natural to want different things at different times. You know, that's very true. You know, I'm sure you've been in relationships before. I'm sure. Have you found yourself wanting something else? Yep. Yeah, and it feels wrong, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It, should, it shouldn't, though, or it should, right? Like, I, you know, I'm not in, into, like, making objective statements, so I, I ain't going to tell you what it should or should not feel for you, but there's an argument that, that could be made that it shouldn't not feel good. It should feel just is, you know? Yeah, yeah man, that's, that's an interesting perspective. Holy shit. It's mm. crazy, right? It took it me is, a while man. to get to this point. Because um, I know, dude, just to end this part, I know dudes that are not okay. Because a lot of people ask me, well, <clears throat> what if she wanted girls? I mean, guys. And I hesitate a little bit where that's the ego that creeps. And then I say, the only reason why right now I couldn't say I'm fully okay with it yet is because her primary, her base 
like I'm her primary like from like love, like fuck her regular like society shit, but like her natural attraction base is men. So she connects love to men, not she doesn't connect love to women. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So the fear mm-hmm. I would have, which is ego, right? Ego and fear are like brothers and sisters. The fear that I would have is that I would no longer be her base. That's probably my fear too. That's why I, I can. The, you could do the girl one though, couldn't you? <laughs> the girl one didn't seem nearly as bad. It, it didn't seem as nearly as a, a pain. I don't know what word to even use because because they're just not the. We're not giving the same thing. But then, like, yeah, bro. Yeah, even even the thought of that right now is just like hell no. Yeah, right. But, <laughs> right. But it, but but the thought but the thought process around it is definitely like oh like I never even had thoughts like this before ever. Last um, last question here, bro. You wrote down uh, you you chose the topic of the rich and the poor have one similarity. What is it? Oh, that um, actually, I I I wanted to say that that one similarity wasn't even enough to me personally. Say that again. I, I didn't even want to. I, I took that one because I saw it, but I didn't want it to be one similarity personally. What I, did um, you want it to be? I uh, I think a lot of people like to. There's like a demonization of the rich that I feel like a lot of people do have. Now I'm not saying like there's, there's, there's definitely, there's definitely evil people in all formats, you know, like, but I feel like we say like the rich, maybe not to you, but currently there's like a, a stigma of like the rich or like eat the rich is something that I've seen a lot or like rich people are doing this or billionaires are doing this. And there's definitely fucked up people out there. But that, there's good and bad in everything, and um, like I just think I think money is very important, and ve- money is very, you know, it's a tool. You know, it's very useful for depending on what vice you put, whatever hand you put it into. But people that have people like the, I like the question because it made me it made me just think, and I on a conversation needs to be happening more about like like rich and rich rich people and like poor people aren't really as different as I think people would always try to make them seem. Now people now people don't don't have a means to you know support themselves at the at the way they would like to obviously is not something that we want to have. But but having shit doesn't make you like happier though or make you in a better place. You know what I'm saying? Like so the 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 one thing that I that that the, the one thing that they have the one similar that they have is like they're people, bro. So like even if you are, you know, if you're the the poorest person in the world right now, you know, struggling to do what you're doing, you have a, you have you have a set of problems that are that you're going through. But then there's also a set of problems that like the richest person in the world goes through. Yep. And I don't think, even though their problems, even though like the poor person's problems, like the poorest person's problems are pro like I don't I don't what I'm trying to say is that like there's 
there's problems on both sides, no matter what you're doing. Now, hold on, let me let me let me let me fix this. Let me fix no, this. Yeah, keep, keep working yourself through it. Because what I'm trying to say is, you know, past a certain point, there's there's a certain level I think that of like shelter, food, and like fulfillment that every person needs. That's like whatever that level of it is. You know, everyone needs a certain level of food, place to live. There's a, there's a level that everyone needs and work that everyone needs. Yeah. And then this level past it, it like ends up being like diminishing returns, you know? So I, I just feel like there's a big hate of like rich is almost like a bad word now. Like the rich, and not to say you had it like that on the paper, but it just seems like a very like, it seems like a very, a very like negative tone to something that like doesn't make you better though. Keep talking. What, about. what do you, um, can you tell me, cause I'm trying to figure out how to say what I'm saying better, but what have, what have you gotten from what I said so far? So I can kind of figure out how I can tell it better to say it. I've gotten so far, I'm sticking here that poor people and rich people are human beings and they face very similar issues no matter what level of currency they possess because those issues are more mental based than 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 tangibly tangible based. So what I'm trying to say is what I've gathered so far, and I guess putting my own opinion on it is no matter how poor you are, no matter how rich you are, money, money can definitely, here, here's the thing, money can definitely, money can definitely solve many problems that can cause stress and anxiety. But money, having money cannot grant you empathy and kindness and gratitude or patience or, or secure and strong mental health. Being poor, you can have lots of those EQ things I just said, mental health, gratitude, all those other things, but not having the money can, it can appear that if you don't have the money, it can appear that things that cost money that can potentially not give you as much stress, you can't, you can't take care of that. So now you feel like you have a lot of stress. I don't know. That's kind of what I heard you say, and I put my own spit on it. So I think that's kind of where I was going. Yeah. Right. It was something along those lines. Cause I just feel like there's, there's just such a big, like, like the rich poor thing is getting more and more prevalent around, uh, you know, as the, as these more things change over these next couple of years, especially since things since 2020, and, you know, I feel like we focus a lot more on what the difference is between, like, you know, people that have more and people that don't have as much. And I don't want to ever minimize the fact that, like, there's things that people need to do. Like, the thing people need, like, basic things that people do need, like food and shelter. So, like, you know, those are all things that people need. Um, but, like, but they're both still people the same way, you know, like, more empathy on both sides. Yeah. Would make things seem a little bit better because you know, I don't know. I haven't been around too many like, too many like people on either side to know like what the thought process is. Mm-hmm. But there's always seems to be like a pairing of like them as enemies almost, and not as opposed to being 
more together. You know, like I, I and even even that, that the way I just said it, I'm still trying to figure out how to fully get the thought out. No, I hear but, you. <coughs> but the question just kind of spoke to me because it was like one thing they have common, but it's like when they have similar. But then that would apply to like to find one thing they have similar, like that would be the depending on who was answering it, they only have one thing similar between them. But then I think to me, like the biggest thing is that like they're people, like the whole thing is similar. Cause someone who was poor could be rich and then still be just as fucking whatever. You know, you could be switch you could switch from one side to the other side and still be just as whatever you were before. This this is what I will say though. I will say that you have you have to have a desire to have a mental base of like like I'll give you an example. And all my homies are listening to this. Fuck you. All right. Before I <laughs> say what I'm about to say, because uh, we have these debates <laughs> all the time. Um, a lot of my homies chase buying a house mortgages, credit scores, uh, car notes, savings account, 401ks, before they chase the ability to give and have empathy, patience, resilience, mental health, awareness, um, do something that you genuinely love, you know, uh, the ability to be resilient and fight off depression, all of that shit. They, they spend a lot of, cause, cause here's what I think, bro. Like, like really break this down or uh, like, like, let me, let me break this down for you, Don Jackson. Like, this is what I really think, bro. Like you, God has only given us a finite amount of energy to do to accomplish certain things. And I feel like between the ages of 18 to let's call it 30, a lot of people that I just named, a lot of categories, and it's probably a lot of your colleagues and friends as well, spend a lot of time on what we think you're supposed to do. Spend a lot of time on having a decent credit score, a lot of time on having a great savings account, a lot of time on having a house, getting married, aesthetics, bullshit, 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 narrative stories, fuck, like all that shit, like, like, you know what I mean? Like just, 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 just whatever, right? In my personal opinion, when, what I think, like if I'm having a kid, what I want to see him do, and what I think I've personally done, I've set myself up to actually have a skill in something I love actually have the ability to have empathy, be able to remove ego, be able to have self-awareness, be able to deal with significant pressures and fight off those pressures, right? And I'll be honest with you, since God only gives us a finite amount of energy, my credit is not great due to business decisions I make and risks I need to take. Um, I live off of cash flow, not off of savings um, due to me being an entrepreneur and an independent. I I I rent my home. I I'm just grinding, bro. I'm grinding, but but I'm grinding with a skill set that my 30s, 40s and 50s is going to look really pretty in the regular world. Right? Like I'm setting up a nest egg with a skill set where my businesses and or me going back to a job 
will get me a hundred thousand, a hundred and fifty, two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand in my mid thirties to fifties. So I can get all those things that my friends have aesthetically a little bit later. But you see what they do, and this is where I think the game gets fucked up. What a lot of my friends do is they wait to do the emotional stuff too late. So, yes, they have the car and the house and the savings and the 401ks and the investments that they want, but they're wondering why they're divorced. They're wondering why they're not, they're raising their kids like shit. They're running why they have a horrible relationship with their wife or their husband. They're wondering why they're at the bars on Thursday, Friday, and Saturdays fighting off depression. They're wondering why they look like physical shit, right? It's because they didn't set up the emotional and mental framework and foundation first. They worried about the other things first because, and, and I get it. Here's the last thing I'll say, Dom Jackson. I get it, bro. I get it. I get it. And 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 because I fight it, to, I fight it this day, bro. I get it. I get how not having a taxi together can fuck you up. I get not having your credit together can fuck you up. I get how not having the most aesthetically pleasing car can make you look. I get all that. But I think with some Tony Robbins shit, what I pride, pride myself on is I've worked very hard to set up my foundation mentally and my vehicle professionally first from 18 to 31. So now from 31 to 50, I can, because it's easy to get all that shit they're, they're doing. It's way harder to do what I just said. It so is. That's like some motivational shit. I don't know if you have thoughts on that. No, no, I agree with that, man. That that is the real foundation. Because if you can get that, if you can get that part done, everything else is cake, bro. Yeah. Like if you can get your your emotional stuff and all, like all your inner workings, and you know, like you're good, you're good. That's what I was saying. That's exactly what I was saying. I was, that's what I was trying to say too. The difference between like the rich and the poor, like, like that. You have to get all that internal stuff done first, and then you'll be good on either side, bro. Like that's that's the whole game. As you talk like like the you're not crazy, the fake not at all the fake world like the fake world you were talking about, bro. Like a hundred a hundred percent, man, a hundred percent. Now, obviously, like you got to like be able to eat, you know, kind of thing, and you got to survive. But you could if you can fix if you know what the the unlocks are for your you know inner brain, inner self, whatever that your, your keys are. You can move anywhere, bro, because you can you always be motivated. You always be excited. You always find a new way to do some stuff, you know, because you're being you're coming with the right place. So yeah, I, I I I feel you, bro. That's that's I to me if, to me, man, it's not even a debate. Like so I mean, I'm I'm on I'm on your side on that one, bro, because you definitely got it. You can't get your own mental shit in place and keep it in place. That's the whole mental resistance thing I was talking about, too. You gotta be able to yeah. Keep that, get that shit there, and then keep that shit like there, because they everything, everything's coming to fuck you up somewhere. So, I feel you on that, bro. All right, last question, bro. Last two part question. First is, I let every guest pick the title of the the podcast. Um, I'm gonna rattle off a couple topics for you so that you, um, or or a couple. Uh, I'm gonna rattle off a couple episode titles for you to see what I'm see what I'm, see what I'm saying. So the last episode I have is called No Bubblegum Shit. The other one was called Rap Rap Gods and Real Table Talk. Um another episode has been called I Needed I Needed to Connect with Me Objectively True Who Said 
perfect love, a whole lot of fuckery, a wandering mind, only the bold and the brave survive, California dreaming, uh, it's okay to not be okay, a letter to my future child. You see what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, like, these are dope. Yeah, so I'm going to put you on the spot and maybe brainstorm for a second. What do you think the title of this whole conversation should be? Um, uh, something about two worlds, definitely the two worlds, mm. the two worlds and escaping the matrix. Say that again. The two worlds and escaping the matrix or something along those lines. That's how I'm feeling right now from what we talked about so far. Okay. Keep that in mind. Maybe definitely, definitely. I like what you were talking about the fake world and the real world. Like that, that definitely fits more into the theme of the, everything we talked about today. Yeah. I, um. I like to. Now nah, I'm, I'm, I'm roll with that for right now. Escaping the Matrix or something. Yeah. Different. Okay. Um. So last official question. Um. The name of the, the podcast is Project. Legacy, lifestyle, and values. Project LLV. I always say to people that legacy, lifestyle, and values. Here's the definition: legacy. You know, your foundation. You're setting your shit up for your kids, your financials, your business, your life. Like, well, people are going to remember you 50 years from now. Um, lifestyle. I think. Um, I think. There's a certain way that you can spend a lot of time articulating and crafting and architecting your lifestyle. It can be the food you eat. It can be the people you meet and talk to, your experiences, um, your house, your car, your vacations, the things that you put into your brain, like, like your lifestyle, right? Being the architect of it and being careful about that. And then values. I think at any given point based off of your goals, you can re-architect and restructure and restabilize your values. Um yep. what's most important to you right in this moment? Like when you like being some Buddha fucking monk type shit and like Zen out and meditating like I gotta pick one. What's right now your most most like dedicated focus right now? Um Ironically, one of my uh, most dedicated focus right now is actually systemization, man. I really want to get better at uh, figuring out what I should be doing next, you know. Um, like would, I have be, a, would you put that into a category of like a project or like how would you define it? Um, so like, so yes and no. Like, uh, so I think like the in the... And the macro, like my my podcast is definitely my biggest focus right now. So that's one of the things I'm working on the most for 2022. Oh, do, yeah, hold on. I, I mean to cut you off. Do a do a quick little 90 second, two minute, three minute plug on that. We didn't even get to the podcast. So yeah, do oh, a, yeah, bro. Keep, hey, bro, we we, we have this great talk. I was like, damn, bro. Hey, hey, we, we, we get next time, bro. You know? Yeah. Uh uh, but yeah, bro, my me my show uh Two somethings in a pod featuring me and a legendary Ozzy McIntosh, one of my good friends, both East Coast natives living in uh, Southern California. We talk about uh, NFTs, uh, funny stories from our lives, and uh, lives of mid 20 somethings. So definitely come check us out. Great show. Um, but yeah. Um, uh, 
what, um, no, you, you you were saying you were saying yeah, you blanked there. Hold on, I got you. I'm gonna find it for you. You were saying some a systemization or system. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I want to work on my podcast, but my issue that I'm having is that I never know what time like I never know what to invest the most time into that would help out like efficiency of uh, efficiency of what I should be doing like efficiency and I guess productivity of like like a like a framework to know how to invest my time to help what what I'm gonna do. So like I know what I want to focus on, but I don't know what to do to focus on it the best will give me the most results to get me closer to where I want to be. You know what I mean? Like, and I want to invent a system for myself to know like, okay, like if I had to do these three things for my podcast, I got to do this, do that, do that, but I should be doing this. Cause I find that a lot of times when, uh, I try to do something, I end up doing something, but like, that's not the thing that's going to help with the most. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're going to go, if you're going to go to eat, eat a plate of food, and you kind of you had like you know the big piece of chicken, mashed potatoes, corn, and green beans, and like a little cake on the side. And you end up eating the cake, like you shouldn't eat the cake if you're trying to fill yourself the most. You know what I mean? You probably should have went for the chicken first. So I'm trying to make sure I'm trying to find a better way to prioritize so I can set my goals better for the rest of the year. So I guess like the podcast is the big goal. But I need to I need to figure out a better system for figuring out my goals for the rest of the year because if I do that, no matter what I'm doing, like I'll have like a a checklist for me to do for me to go through. Yep. So like, so no matter what you want to do, you want to have like a five bullet points of like, no matter what I choose to do, I'm going to go through these steps and these. Yes, these, I, these I need that. Steps. I need to make. I need to figure out how to make that way to get that because that is like the that is like the thing I need. Cause I don't know what. I do stuff and I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm making moves, but I'm like, I could have made a better move. And I'm I'm adjusting to each one. Like, oh, I should have did this. Or I should have did that. Yeah. But that's like, that's one of my biggest focuses in for at least for this, for the first quarter, because I got to get that shit down packed. It's like busy work versus efficient work. Absolutely. And I got to get way more efficient, bro. Yep. Um, well, look, brother, this was an amazing conversation, bro. Like, so... I know I've reached out to you randomly. You now probably see what I mean, right? Just like a laid back, like all different types of type, you know, all different types of conversations. Yeah, bro. This was amazing, bro. This is like, this is one of the best conversations I ever had, bro. This shit was, this shit was life changing. I appreciate it, bro. And look, you know, I always got to go in for the ask. If you know anybody, bro, that, you know, it could be a friend. It can be your mom. It can be your fucking co-host. It can be a girl that you just talking to. Anyone that you think it's like, honestly interesting that would, be a good talk right i think like on some like business podcast shit right like for me i'm all about the grind like like it you know and you and you're in the podcasting space so you know what like unique downloads are versus streams right so in my other podcast it took me almost two years to get twenty five thousand, right and i'm okay mm-hmm. with that i'm not mad at that I, i'm not you know I, i'm comfortable with that like on some speaking type shit i'm up to like $3,500 for an hour speech. And, and and it took me five years to get to that point. Nice, um, man. So like what I'm trying to say is like, I'm all about grinding. I'm all about longevity and I'm long. I'm all about one listener at a time, bro. So like, if there's anybody uh, that you think would be a great guest that whether they have one followers or, or a million, please let me know. I would love to go into your podcast, bro. Um, and honestly, like I said, I'm not lying to you. Like, I, I would love to, like, actually build, like, a meaningful relationship. We both have each other's numbers. 
We both already fuck with each other on Twitter. Um, like, let's keep chatting, bro. Like, that's like, oh yeah, bro, what I definitely, man. This, um, this, this is a great, this is a great, great experience right here. Um, and then last thing, you know how this goes. Um, I'm gonna hit stop in a second. Let both files all the way upload. So you know how this goes on your end when you see that like confetti. Just, we know what to do. Just don't click it off until um, we both see the confetti go off and shit. So yep, because you know how that shit will fuck it all up. So I guess we'll just we'll, we'll just talk in a second for like three minutes until it all uploads. But um, thank you again. Any last words? Any last little plug that you want to give? Any shout outs? Anything you want to do? Do it now, and, and we'll and we'll and we'll uh, we'll check out here, bro. Thank you uh, so much for having me on the show, man. Really appreciate it. You know, this was this has been a fantastic experience. I got goosebumps and shit, bro. This shit was this shit was fantastic. Really gave me a lot of perspective. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna shoot some people your way, bro. You definitely got a you got you got some thing cooking here, and I'm glad I could be a part of it. What episode number is this? Twenty two. Dope. Twenty. I'm twenty two in twenty twenty two. That's it. Also, <laughs> oh, be this what we doing. This is this, I'm, I'm honored right now. This is what I'm talking with all the synchronicity right here, bro. And I'm gonna find some dope music for you too to, to lay in the beginning. And I'm gonna find like some waves or some big shot or like some old shit. Yeah, bro. It's, it's an honor. Um, if y'all want to follow me, y'all can follow me on Twitter at Dom Jackson seven four seven. Um, check me out on there. Uh, but yo, thank you so much for having me on, and thank you guys. A hundred percent, bro. We'll talk. Y'all not just poppin' willy shit, let's see who really rich Y'all ride the beat, I'm about to pop a willy bitch Really this, I came up with on some silly shit Just look how good it is, that's tell you who you dealin' with Y'all illy, I'm illa, I'm from Illinois No big shine, why don't you call your shot town boys Show me where that at, I will destroy About to fuck something up, I might as well call the lawyer Good music runners, bitch, yes we do I know you think it, damn, I wish they would bless me too In the booth, I use the restroom, it's best you go ahead and kiss the Jesus peace, cause I just bless you. Uh, and holy water, eyes against Shay and slaughter. Ever since the day I opened up that midnight marauder, now this gonna be your problem like a brand new installment from the late great Mr. Christopher Wallace. They call us pompous. Can I be honest? Honestly, modesty wouldn't ever end my policy. Apology accepted. You ain't say it, should have said it. Cause soon as I did it, all that bullshit was dead. It. Get it? Yep, yep, I get it. Good music, bitch, ain't nobody fucking with it And nah, nah, they can't really do it how we did it It's good music, bitch, nobody fucking with it B-I-G is, G-Wiz, he is Sure he will be the man ever since a fetus I know it's niggas praying on my downfall and weak shit But I'm never going downhill Even on ski trips, I am the D Come and make an observation It seems like the murder rate is higher than the population Damn, I bet you're just as sweet as you look, bitch You are just Bushwick, I'm a Foot six, I'm so up, up on it like insomniacs. Good music, man, yeah, where you find me at? I'm so dominant, I'm so confident that I'ma get a compliment on any fucking continent from freaks that's fine and shit without just designing shit. B 
big business, respect my conglomerates. Girls get checked, but my bank get checked more. Whenever niggas check up, I'm who they check for or have a check for. Louis V shit so much, dime the airprint, fuck around and play checkers. And these rappers get critical damages, but I rap so good, it's no need for bandages. You the man in your city? Cool. When am I performing? Right after you. I'm sorry, but you gonna be ranked right after two. Cause I'm first place, the second is my crew. So move, bitch. Yeah.